Welcome to the Morning After Podcast, a Freedom Center Church podcast. Welcome to another episode of Morning After Podcast. Pastor Josh here with you as always. With uh, Let's do Pastor Carl first because I just saw Pastor, Pastor Jim reach for a bottle of water. So Pastor Carl, how's it going this morning? Solid as a rock, man. Good. I love when you get to be on the podcast. So I just feel like the three of us have really good chemistry on, yeah, on yes. it. Larry Moe, yes. Curly. You're We're definitely like going to be on H2O. just a little a spoiler alert for the end of the podcast, but Pastor Carl's going to be preaching next Sunday, so I you'll am. for sure be on the podcast next week. Oh, yes. Yeah. Guaranteed spot. To, yeah, guaranteed <laughs> spot. Yep. And then, Pastor Jim, how is it going? How are you doing I'm this doing morning? well. Spirit, soul, and body. Yeah. So let, yeah. let me ask you, um, my son was really sick Saturday, yeah. and the... the um, the youth team were all at camp, so I was supposed to speak at youth last night. Mm-hmm. And you said, "Hey, your kid's sick. Why don't you stay home yeah. and then I'll speak at youth?" Right? How, how did it go? I, Having five minutes to be- prepare for it, basically. It's, it's awesome. I we talked about the transition between Elijah, the the, the elder prophet, and Elisha, the the younger, you know, Padawan learner. Yeah. And uh, man, it's I just tell them that yeah, I've been in ministry for thirty five years now, something like yep. that. And, you know, youth groups come and go, even when you're youth pastors, they come and go. But I'm looking at this group, like 133 months from September 10th, I'm 65 years old. Right. So I'm looking at you saying, in this room, literally, you guys have to understand there's a transition that's coming, and you're a part of it. And I'm not yeah. looking for everybody here to be the next senior pastor. I'm looking for everybody here to be the next youth pastor, associate, or missionary. But I'm right. looking at you differently because you are, you're going to be 20, some of the people in that room will be 29 years old when, I, yeah. when I'm 65. Yeah. I was 29 when I came here. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, some that's people crazy will to be think 24, about. 25 when I turn 65. Well, I was, you know, I was in full-time ministry at 23, 22. You know right. I mean? So you're... I'm not looking at you like a good youth group. I'm looking at like your destiny. So yeah. we talked about, you know, Elisha staying with Elijah until it was time to go. And Elijah, the elders, saying, like, stay here in Gilgal. It's a place of beginning. Stay here in Bethel, the house of God. Stay here in Jericho, the place of, of greater learning. And Elijah's like, no, I'm, I'm coming I'm, with you. I'm going, yeah. <laughs> so they finally crossed the Jordan River. Now they're in the wilderness. There's mm-hmm. no way to get back. And he finally turns to him and says, what do you want? And he said, I want a double portion. And that's what we talked about last hmm. night is I don't want you to build. Like, they just wrote this song. Yeah. Like there's songs in the heart of God that no one has sung yet. Your right. generation has to find those songs. There's sermons yeah. that no one's preached yet right. in, in a way. In a for, I told him last night, 70% of the church buildings in our community will, will be restaurants and office complexes in 30 years. In my lifetime, yeah. you know, all these buildings with crosses on it because the paradigm's changing so rapidly. Right. So you don't, don't look at us and say, how did you do it? Let's do it that way. Mm-hmm. Look at us and say, that's done now. What is the way to do it now? That's good. And yeah. let let that mantle fall from heaven on your generation. So, right. Yeah, so were you basically time you were basically it. telling them then that at sixty five you're going to be taken up into a, a cloud yeah, of fire, fire. and send yeah, into, yeah. Send into heaven. Not a bad way to go. Sounds terrifying to me. Yeah. So did you have any kids take you up? Did you have any kids last night take you up on that offer? Like, I'm going to be the next senior pastor at Freedom Center. What I didn't have. I said, listen, I don't know if I'm talking to one. I don't know if I'm talking to zero. I don't even care. I came here to say yeah, this to right. somebody. If, if nobody doesn't matter, so I said, if that's you, like raise your hand. I'm not making it easy on you. And you know, half a dozen kids raised their hands. I said, now come, now stand up and come to the altar. Well, I said, I so the half a dozen are standing there. The music's playing. I said, listen, if, if you chickened out and you're, and you're supposed to be here and you're still on your butt, get off your butt. It's time for your generation to stand up and not sit down and watch. You know uh-huh. what I mean? 
And then I closed my eyes and started praying. Oh, my eyes. Now everybody's got out of the chair. I'm like, did I say that wrong? Did I, did I make it sound like everybody should stand up? My senior pastor so, just told me to move. Yeah. <laughs> He's so angry. He's so angry. <laughs> he said the B word. Right. No, I, I don't know. But it was it was good. And I, and I really feel like, again, I'm looking at this youth group. It's like, you're not good kids that I want to be happy. So your parents will stay at this church. And that, like, yeah. like you're, you're the future. You're, 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 yeah, you're, you're a generation that has destiny on it. Mm-hmm. Or we, we cease to exist you know, yeah. uh, as we understand it in a, in, a, in a very short amount of time. So it's time for you not to sit there and listen and say, entertain me. You know, you're getting ready to go to camp tomorrow. All you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know, you're going to camp the senior high next week. All of you need to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. All you need to come back on fire with your plan. Start looking at this church with a critical eye. And I'm not saying be critical. Yeah. Say, what doesn't work for my generation? And, and right. don't be ashamed. Don't say, well, I'll just disconnect from the church. Because understand me. Make me understand you. Make yeah. you know lead. Don't don't be a kid that's being led anymore. It's time to stand up and say, my generation has an anointing on it. I don't want your generation's anointing. I want my generation's anointing. You know, awesome. And yeah. So that's what happened last night. Awesome. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about Sunday morning now. Yesterday mm-hmm. morning, if you can remember that after youth last night. <laughs> yeah. Um, we continued our series Romans Part Four. Um, just overall, how did you think it went? You know, I. I I started a little bit discouraged, to be really honest with you, because it was nice weather and and the attendance dipped fifteen percent. Yeah, I'm just like I'm so mad at the right. mindset that oh it's summer I'll see well, you in the fall. Okay. It's like if uh, you're if you're not in Michigan right now though, let's preface this <laughs> preface this with it's literally been raining for eight weeks. Yes, like it hasn't cold, stopped. Raining. Cold and raining. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was seventy five and sunny, which yeah. in Michigan yeah. come July it's about ninety and sunny. So yeah. we get about. Two weekends a year that are probably as good a weather yeah. as this one was. Still, you should have been in church, but <laughs> it was pretty incredible outside. Right. So, but but see, then you go. Well, it's the blizzard. Well, it's the graduation. Sure. Well, it's the, I mean, everyone's yeah, I got get an excuse it. to not be faithful. And that's something. Like, are you literally teaching your kids that we only honor God on the first day of the week when the weather's bad? Yeah. When we don't have money when we're not. Yeah. Like it's just. Right. I'm so frustrated with this. We want this. We want this generation to be everything we weren't. And we teach it to be worse than we were. You know what I mean? So yeah. the little league coach can use words like mandatory, and the parents all jump and spend their last dollar to you know obey the the little league coach. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then church is this optional thing when the weather's crappy. I just it drives me nuts. I we've got to do better at raising radicals rather than just raising kids that are half what we were. We need we need to raise kids that are twice what we ever dreamed of being, and we can't do it from this this pleasurable convenient mindset sure. that is so prevalent that I I'm done now. Let's go back to Romans. <laughs> <laughs> so, so and you, scene. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you woke up cranky. Yeah. So you started discouraged. Hopefully, at some point you got less discouraged. Or you're, oh, you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go back to that. Yeah. So, not angry, Jim. Yeah. No. It's. I just looked around. And I thought worship was really solid yesterday. Yeah, and the, I and think the, there was a reason for that, and I think it was how good Friday night was. Yeah, it kind yeah. of left an atmosphere in the room walking in Sunday morning right. that was still kind of sitting there from Friday night. Right, yeah, people were just continuing. Yeah, yeah. a lot of visitors yesterday, so yep. we're seeing a lot of new faces. Um, yeah, and I think just solid, like like the, my favorite part of yesterday, youth group, everything involved, was in, in the first service and the second service when I said it's time to make a 
a response to the gospel. Man, again, I there was a dozen people in the first service alone. I didn't hear yeah. anything about the second service numbers, but uh, there was about fifteen. Yeah, yeah. so I think it was just seven people, right? Saying, and, and I don't think all of that was like a first time. Yeah, I think some Jesus. of them are rededications. But, but there's there's that other thing. It's like, listen, I what do I do with my flesh? Like, if I'm really saved, I shouldn't still have these thoughts. I shouldn't still wrestle with these actions. I shouldn't give in to temptation ever. Right. And so yesterday, saying, listen, there's there's a part of you that's never going to be saved in your flesh, and that 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 bodily, old-natured, human, you know, flesh, mm-hmm. you're going to wrestle with it for the rest of your life, you know? Right. I remember, you guys probably remember this, like when you're young and there's lust and all that kind of stuff, you think, well, when I get married, then I can have all the sex I want right. and that will be away. satisfied. Right. It yeah. just isn't true. It's right. like, no, right. the, the, the nature of lust is, is insatiable. It's It wants more and more and more and more. Right. So it doesn't like, well, I have sex now. It's like, yeah, but that's, it was never about having sex with one woman for one lifetime. Right. It was about, you know, the, the fantasy and so forth. And the same thing's right. true with food and with anger and with, you know, mm-hmm. the stupid generation doesn't bring their kids to church, yeah. you know, like, hey, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever manifestations of my flesh happen to be, you know, public now. You know? Yeah. But no, it's, it's one of those things that you just, I, I think by saying, listen, the, it's, the, we're going to be, we're going to come back to Christ to be born again, again, and that's terrible theology. I don't mean that, but yeah. but daily, I'm, I'm sprinkling sure. my heart with the blood of Jesus to cleanse me from a guilty conscience. Mercies are new every morning. And, yeah, and and there's a reason for that. I yeah. need them every morning, right? And every right. afternoon, every right. evening, right? You know yeah, I, mean? I, I walk in His grace, right? I don't walk at all. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So I think getting that heavy, I think that's why 27 people responded. It wasn't like I'm getting saved for the first time. Yeah. It was the altar call was. I choose you. You are my savior. You're my. And I think people. Mm-hmm. What's funny? I'm looking out. People I've known for 20 years, and known them to be right with God. They were. Yeah. They were some of the ones responding yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was like I. I just got it. Which that's the most satisfying thing in the world for a teacher, sure. especially someone who teaches the word. You know, I just got the light bulb came on, and mm-hmm. now it's a revelation. You know. Yep. So, awesome, yeah. Pastor Carl. I think this is the first time we've had you on for the entire Romans series yeah. so far. I'm just curious your thoughts on the series as a whole so far. I know you've been spending a lot of time preparing for your sermon that's coming up this Sunday. You've had a a little while to kind of study specifically for what you're going to be teaching on Sunday. Um, I think, were were you reading the first five chapters of Romans every day for Mm -hmm. a little while? Yeah. Can you um, maybe just kind of share a little bit about your, your insights, maybe things that you've kind of... I don't want to steal your thunder for what you're going to be preaching on on Sunday, but maybe just kind of some of your insights from that. Yeah, well, it's actually not in the first five chapters, so it's okay. Perfect. (laughs) Awesome. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know that I could say anything that hasn't been said on a Sunday morning, you know, where those first couple of chapters just set up perfectly the need for the gospel, the Mm -hmm. need for this good news. And you have to think about the letter you know, itself to the people that it was written to, this very um, uh, pluralistic society, you know, when it came to their theological views. Yeah. Not as uncommon as today, you know what I mean? Like, maybe we don't acknowledge Zeus, you know, or (laughs) or whatever, but there's sports and there's money and there's you know these different things that people worship that aren't inherently bad but they are when they take a position that they're not meant to take yeah and so here is you know paul coming along you know writing to this group of people where it's like hey you're good enough isn't good enough you're Mm -hmm. you know these things that you aspire to you know in the scheme of things you're 
the the sin in your life, the the death that you're all heading to isn't about this like uh, being a good person. It's the fact that all have fallen short, all right. you know have fallen into this category of spiritual death. You know, yeah. And whereas sin was brought in by one man, that separation was brought in by one man, here's another man, the new Adam, that mm-hmm. brings in the opportunity for life. And, I mean, that that kind of encapsulates those kind of beginning chapters where Paul is setting up this need. I mean, it's it's like the what if you ask a person, what's the gospel? Well, I'm in sin. Jesus came lived, died, rose again so that I might delivered be delivered from that sin. Well, that's mm-hmm. two sentences. Right. Romans kind of elaborates. Yeah, it's the yeah. it's the commentary on the gospel, you know. Right. That's that's probably how the the easiest way to Yeah. you know. It's what is what yeah. is what does Christianity look like without the book of Romans? Like if that doesn't exist, <clears throat> there's probably a lot more wondering what things meant, right? Yeah. Like it's kind of I an explanation have, of the gospel. You know, if you didn't have Romans as a commentary on, on not just the gospel, but the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, yeah. and John, I think what what might have happened is that we would have gone to the the beautiful radical teachings of Jesus and probably not understood them any more than the common listener did right. <laughs> when they were first spoken. Yeah. So, you know, we would somebody would go to you know, Sermon on the Mountain, that would become their gospel. Someone else would go to the woe unto Corazon, and you know what I mean? And that would have been their gospel. And right. I, I think we would not have understood the the beautiful, wrong word, but the beautiful mathematics of it. This adds up. That because of this and this, this is now true, and that is not true. You know what I mean? Sure. So I think, I think Paul does the world and the body of Christ a great service by saying, I spent three and a half years on the backside of the Arabian desert receiving my gospel directly from revelation of Jesus that I met on the uh-huh. Damascus Road. And he comes back, and without contradicting anything Jesus said, I you know the the previous pastor here that founded the church, Pastor Burke, there was a joke. They'd say he'd he'd preach or he'd counsel or he'd teach, and then Sister Burke would come behind him and say, "Now what he meant to say was, you know what I mean?" Because he said it so bluntly and so plainly that some yeah. people just couldn't get it. You know, they they weren't in the right place to get it. They understand the context of it. They thought he was mean. I think the same thing would have happened with the teachings of Jesus if it yeah. hadn't been for Paul coming behind and saying, "Now what that means is to to you is is this." And, right. Uh, so yeah, I. I I'm not saying the church isn't the church without the Book of Romans, but I, it's, I th- it just looks completely different. I, th- I think the odds yeah. of us ending up in, because of confusion in a different place, you know, I, I don't think Westboro Baptist Church is as screwed up as it is because of the Book of Romans. I think it's yeah. in spite of the Book of Romans. You know what I mean? Sure. I, I think sure. it, I think they're forgetting a lot of basic things from that. And, right. Uh, yeah. So I, I, yeah, it helps us. It really, it's. You know, John three sixteen is the micro gospel. Romans is the macro gospel. Mm-hmm. They're they're both true. They they don't they complement each other. There's no contradiction. Right. But it's uh, you can you can really be in trouble. You know. Oh Siri. <laughs> is that me? Who is that? That was you, man. Yes. Oh. Siri has a hard time connecting. You're right. To the it was me. Oh no. Yeah. Okay, bummer. Um, so let's let's uh, let's just keep going. We'll talk about uh, that. Never happened yesterday. Um, the part that I think I got the most questions from maybe after service was... Let me guess. Me, myself, and I. Yes, but yeah. I felt like that was second service. I think it went over a lot better. Yeah. And I don't. it probably was just the, like we had signs that just said that. Yeah. I don't know why. 
people can't get over it's just like that's Danny well, Lowe on past her life you, 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 you also yeah. had some characters up there who yeah. were hamming it up yeah. a little yeah. bit yeah. on stage when my back was turned, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pastor Les is touching certain parts of his body and <laughs> Well, see, I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm not going to watch the video. Yeah. Yeah. So what were the questions? What were they confused about? I, I don't know. I think it was just overall the um, the scriptures in Romans what, 7. seven. Yeah. And uh, I don't, I think it was just you're reading it. So people were looking at scripture, but yeah. then you're pointing to different people while yeah. you're reading it. Yeah. So I don't know if maybe you wanted to elaborate on that. If not, yeah, we'll just I, I move think on. Just in essence, if you read Romans 7 without understanding what Paul's talking about, it's very confusing. Right. I, I, I was confused about Romans 7 forever yeah. until I got an NIV children's Bible. <laughs> and they and the, then the, the translator of that Bible explained it. Went, oh, okay, that makes perfect sense. You know, or Eugene Peterson's yeah. uh, translation of it. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Right. But if you just read it, it sounds like it's not me who did it. It's me. So it's okay. It's like, I understand what that means. Right. What does that mean? So he's talking about uh, our body, our soul, and our spirit, the three parts of us that make who we are. Kind of like God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah. We're body, soul, and spirit. So our spirit man's born again. Uh, it's new. St. Corinthians 5.17, you mm-hmm. know, we're, we're a new creation in Christ. All, all things have passed away. Everything's become new. Yep. Then we've got our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. And um, it, it's not saved, but it, it can be. It's being saved. It's connecting right. to our spirit. It's connecting with the word. We're being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Those are both in the continual tense, transformed and renewing are continual. It's not like I was transformed and I am renewed. It's it's not. It's an ongoing process. Then we've got our flesh that wants us to die with it. Yeah. And it's it's condemned to die because of sin. And right. ashes to ashes, dust to dust. So if you understand that there's a part of me that's dying and wants all of me to die with it and doesn't care. It's yeah. reckless, it's lustful, it's hateful, right. it's you know what I mean? And there's a part of me that's connected to God and, and it's alive and it's it's renewed. Well there's this part of me in the middle that my mind and my will and yeah. my emotions, with that will, I choose to turn towards one or the other with every decision that I make. Right, you know and that's I mean? your soul for people that, that were confused soul. by it. Yeah, yeah. So just when Paul writes it, you know, I don't understand what I do, and he's talking about my flesh. I don't understand what my flesh man does. I don't know what I end up doing because what I want to do, that is my spirit man, right. I don't do, my flesh man. And so I find this law at work. When I want to do good, my spirit man, the uh-huh. sin is right there with me, my flesh. So he, he's trying to say there's always gonna be a battle that's inside of you and doesn't say it's so it's okay just go on sinning it's no big deal he doesn't he doesn't remove holiness from the equation he just helps the reader understand what do i do with sin right you know, i'm so i'm born again it's all or nothing i'm dead i'm alive i'm a slave i'm i'm a widow i'm all those things but it, but at the same time i'm i'm a widow that still is kind of married to the old guy that you know i'm, I'm still not over the abusive relationship i had with my previous spouse yeah you know what i mean so and remember, it's not just Romans chapter seven; it's the book of Romans. So these right. thoughts are going to connect to chapter eight. And what he what he did in the first three chapters was he created tension. Four and five, he relieved that tension. Six and seven, he recreates a new tension yeah. that he resolves in chapter eight. Right. That that then goes on into nine and ten, and then twelve, he gives us another piece with the renewing of our mind. So this is yeah. when you study it week by week, a chapter by chapter, it's like okay, this is the book of Romans. No, this is this is part of the book of Romans right. that connects to the part yeah. after it. I think we said this in previous podcasts, but it really is. It's a roller coaster of like yeah. we're sure. all awful, but Jesus, but we're still awful, but Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just kind of a, an up and down. The entire yeah. book is. Which I think it makes it more interesting to read. It's almost like there is like a a good a good guy and a bad well, guy. Well, I think part of that is because <laughs> when you both. just read right. Romans simply, you recognize it. 
from your life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's right. that. You're associated yeah, with it. Without ever trying. I, I know that the whole, you know, Romans 7 can be kind of a, you know, untying the the cords of your, you know, iPhones and iPads and stuff. You're trying to figure out the path of like, wait, when I do this, I don't wait. Oh, cra- crap. It's not me. Start all yeah. me. But that when <laughs> right. you really read that and take that in, you go, oh, my gosh, I know this because it's that's me. Yeah. You know, like yeah. do, there are things that I do that I don't like that I do. But in those moments, I don't even think about not doing them yeah. until after they're over when I've done them. And I don't like that because that's not who I, you know, like that's yeah. the internal conversation that people have had a hundred times over yeah. in their mind. And so I remember the first time reading that, you know, I journaled that entire thing because it was like, this is me always. <laughs> <laughs> you know? right. And to know that that was Paul also saying it, and closing that out with like, who, I, in my own strength, I, there's no way I cannot do this. Who is going to yeah. deliver me from this? Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Jesus, well, for I, I what you, you've it, done. It doesn't. You know? We think that the gospel is: I hear it, I understand it, I respond to it, I'm born again. The end. It's like no, no, no. The, the beginning of of a following when jesus called his disciples none of them were saved mm-hmm. you know what i mean right. they get saved but none of them are good you know right then they kind of progressively get good and then they get the holy spirit the day of pentecost and then they do good things by the power of the holy spirit but you know this is the same paul who, who had such a sharp disagreement with with barnabas over john mark that they split company like this is not a man who walks in mother Teresa like grace you know what right. i mean this is a guy that still is there's a part of him that's still a pharisee that gets ticked at things so they go yeah. on the first missionary journey john mark when as soon as the first sign of persecution says i'm going home to mom they're getting ready to go off for the second missionary journey and barnabas who's like paul's mentor to begin with the god or the the book of acts records that barnabas and saul barnabas and paul Paul and Barnabas. It's a transitionary you know, relationship where one's the, the student and then he becomes the teacher, if you will. Well, then they let's go on this second missionary journey. And Barnabas, okay, I'll, I'll go get John Mark because I'm not taking that kid. And and you know why? Well, because he abandoned us. We need people with faith, man. We don't need people that are going to quit on us halfway. Because no, no, Barnabas's heart was to redeem his nephew to get yeah. him to you know what I mean. Like no, he, he's learned from this. We came back. We are alive. It's he, he wants to suffer for the gospel, and Paul gives him no second chance. It's a very pharisaical thing to do. Sure. And Barnabas is like, well, if you're going to do that, if you're not taking him, I'm not going with you. Like nobody's behaving. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Everybody's yeah. still wrestling. And I, I wonder. I'm taking my nephew and going. Home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to the island of Crete because they have nice beaches there. You know. And Paul goes out and finds a Timothy and a, and a Silas. And so I, I really. I think I almost think this comes out of that conversation, out of that problem. Like it was, man, the things I want to do, I, you know. Yeah. And it was funny is at the end of his life in Second Timothy, the last, you know, the last book that we have penned or the last letter penned from Paul's hand, he goes, send send John Mark to me. He's useful to my ministry. Like he's a he's an older, wiser, dying man. Yeah. And he's making things right. That right. when he was a younger, more passionate, you know, apostle. Yeah. He's not apostle right. anymore. He's a prisoner. Yeah, you know? I think when you get when you're towards the end of your life, I don't think anybody ever regrets. Like, I wish I would have argued with that person more. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like only Facebook could have had punches. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> now, the only person I regret not arguing with more is myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else, that's, I wish I'd argue with myself better, point. so I could <laughs> I could say something well the first time. Yeah. You know? All right. Well, we got a couple minutes left. Uh, 
Pastor Carl, like we alluded to at the beginning of the podcast, you are preaching this Sunday. Um, let's bum, talk bum, about bum. it a little bit. What can people expect coming to church this uh, Sunday? Yeah, so Romans 8 has always kind of fascinated me, I think, particularly the first verse, because so much of my life growing up, growing up in a more legalistic environment, performance, you know, type of stuff, not my home, but my church. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, condemnation was something that just was a daily part of my life, you know? Mm -hmm. And I remember for the first time kind of doing a real, like a word study on you know that word expecting to it to reveal something about guilt and what i found was that that word in romans 8 verse 1 that word condemnation doesn't mean guilt you know there's now no guilt in christ mm -hmm. it means there's no penalty in christ there's uh -huh. no sentence and i was That's i was good. kind of floored by that like yeah. whoa 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 what? Because <laughs> that's yeah. just how what condemnation had always meant to me, you know? Right. And so this concept of good guilt and bad guilt is really what I want to get into. You know, mm -hmm. there's, there's no uh, penalty in Christ, you know, for the sin that we may choose to do. Now, obviously, we don't aspire to sin and you know, Jude, grace is not a license for sin. Yeah. It doesn't allow us to just sin whenever we want, do whatever right. we want. That's not the purpose of grace. Right. You know, it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. But mm -hmm. I think there are good ways and bad ways to handle the conviction in our life when it comes to sin. And Lord knows I've done both. You know, yeah. I've beat myself over the head until... I couldn't think straight over doing something bad, and I've also fell to my knees and given it to the only source that could actually handle it properly. And sure. I think that's – and there's also a component there where people feel nothing. I know Encounter right now is doing a series on apathy, yeah. and so it's it's not simply good guilt versus bad guilt. There's also – I feel nothing in there that you know I want to touch on a little bit, but that concept of – how do we handle that sin? How do we, yeah. as a believer, how do we handle this dichotomy that each one of us lives with so often mm -hmm. where it's the things that I don't want to do, I do, the things that I do, I don't want, you know, like, that's just a reality. There, that's, a, that's not a reality that any of us are going to get away from, despite the fact that so many of us want to get away yeah. from that. So how do what does good guilt look like? What does bad guilt look like? Conviction versus contrite, awesome. you know that kind of stuff. It's funny we so have that saying in in running: "There's good pain, there's bad pain." I wouldn't yeah. know anything. Yeah. About <laughs> we have the saying in weightlifting. We have the saying in burrito eating. There's, yeah, no, there's, there's good pain. And bad. Like, there's there's the pain of lactic acid building up in your muscles because right. you're pushing. Yeah, up. hurt and versus there's a, injured. There's a, yeah, there's a, there's a pain that that's your knees blowing out, and right. you've got a tendon inflamed. You won't be able to run for six right. weeks if you don't knock it off now. Right. And I, yeah. I think. You know, I'm just going to push through the pain. Like that's a that's a bad way to run. You, True, we won't be a runner for long if that's the case. But yeah, you know, breaking through barriers and walls, and you know, that's so. It's good pain and bad pain. Yeah. It's good guilt, bad guilt. I like yeah. that. Awesome. Looking forward well, to Sunday. 
Pastor Jim, we've got 30 seconds to convince people to come to church instead of spending time outside on yeah, Sunday. it's going to be raining. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I, I understand that if you work in a factory with no windows six days a week for 12 hours a day, yeah. and you get a few months in the summertime where you can go enjoy your family, you should. They're yep. in, in the law, even in the law, there's there's a time. It's almost like we should offer another service that isn't on a right, Sunday on a, morning a or something night. like that. <laughs> Why are we yeah. starting that in the fall and not the summer? Yeah. Yeah. No, but there, there's a there's a tithe that actually belongs in, in a weird. You know, we talk about the tithe being ten percent of your gross income and bring it to the temple. But there was there's three different tithes. Sometimes in the same year, you had to do three tithes. You know what I mean? So it's a little weird. But one of the tithes was they would bring this offering to the temple, and they would have they would buy food. They'd invite strangers and people that weren't Israelites, and they would just gather around the temple and they'd eat. You know what I mean? So I understand there's an offering to the Lord that is family centric that God honors and God yeah. blesses. Um, and I understand that summer is the best time to go to Mackinac and the best time. So yeah. I, I just think it's the guy that stayed home because he's lazy and not leading his family. Well, that's who I'm talking to, not the sure. family that like, hey, we've been planning a trip or going to the cabin. We're like, I get that. I Matter of fact, I know that I get that. I will come with you to your cabin and preach this sermon <laughs> to you. You know, So right. in, enjoy it. If you're on vacation, it's planned. Your kids are learning to honor God. Enjoy it. If not... Yeah. Then, then don't teach your children that, that you're more important than, than the public gathering and honoring of God. That's so yeah. crucial. They, they've got to see it, and you're the one that's going to show it to them. So that's what I would say yeah. is if you're, if you're around, you need to be here. If you're not around, God bless you, man. Go, go feast in the presence of the Lord as a family you know, and enjoy yeah. it. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for joining this week. We'll be back Absolutely. again next week. Like uh, we've been talking about, Pastor Carl will be speaking this Sunday at 9 and 1130 at Freedom Center Church. We would love to see you there. Until then, have a great week.